Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back. Let's do it. John McMullen's going to join me here in just a second. All right. And we got plenty to get to. John Clark, NBC Sports, just uh, put it out there that the Eagles are close to trading Carson Wentz. What does that mean exactly? What does that mean? No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. All right, so I'm going to get John on the horn. To talk about uh talk about that report amongst other items. All right, so we got plenty 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 to discuss with Johnny Mac. And John, are you with us? I am with you. That's exciting. How are you, Ron? I'm doing well, man, doing well. Um, welcome. You know, John, as I've mentioned, for the listeners out there, NFL Eagles insider, follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, Philly Voice, and Sports Illustrated at SI.com. And make sure you uh, listen to Extending the Play tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John is the host. And, John, you have uh, Colin Thompson joining the show tomorrow, correct? Uh, yeah, Colin's going to join the show, uh, obviously tight end for the Carolina Panthers. So I think, you know, as we – I'm sure we're going to talk some Carson Wentz today. But there is a big game this weekend, and I'm interested to kind of pick his brain because uh, he and the Panthers were able to play uh, both Tampa Bay. Obviously, they played them twice in the same division, but also Kansas City. So 
Should be interesting. What time is uh, Colin? Uh, Colin's going to jump on uh, about 10.15 for the rest of the show, so we'll get plenty of time with him. And uh, obviously, as you know, um, hopefully it's not going to be for a while uh, because hopefully he's going to stay in the NFL. But uh, he's a heck of a broadcaster as well. So uh, a little bit of Greg Olson, another Carolina tight end. Uh, very good uh, on the radio and TV. There you go. So 10 a.m. tomorrow, John McMullen hosts Extending the Play with NFL tight end Colin Thompson, who's knowledgeable, entertaining, and uh, not going to want to miss him and John talk about Super Bowl, Eagles, and more. All right, John, so here we are, and I said this to open the show. Amazing. Every day this week, we've been talking about the same topic, and listen, it's it's a big deal, all right? And national networks are talking about it, but every day – there's been a new report or new piece to this puzzle. And now, you know, today there is more. And I saw just 30 minutes ago, John, uh, John Clark posted that the Eagles are allegedly close to a deal. So give us your updates here tonight. Yeah, they are closing in on a deal. And it seems like the, the whispers around the league is something will get done next week at, at some point. And, uh, um, we'll see. I, I mean, it is lying season, as they like to call it in the NFL, as you sort of get this ramp up uh, after the Super Bowl uh, and, and to until free agency. Uh, and, you know, I thought it was interesting. I mean, the Eagles, you know, it was a little thing, and I didn't want to mention it because it was charity-related, but you kind of could kind of shift. You could see the shift when they put Jalen Hurts out there. Uh, for Alex's lemonade stand, uh, I thought that was the first little inkling of okay, this team's going to go ahead in a, in a different direction. Turns out, it, it looks like that's going to be the case. Now, the more important part is, uh, and I joked about it because there was somebody in Chicago who just tweeted out that the Eagles are asking for two first-round picks and a player on top of it, and the Chicago Bears are listening. Now, if Howie Roseman can pull that off, I'm giving him 2021 NFL Executive of the Year. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, and that's the part where how much of this is spin and how much of it is the Eagles trying to drum up interest. But it seems like they're trying to play off Chicago and Indianapolis uh, and, and sort of create this bidding war. Problem is, Chris Ballard's really smart. I, I don't think he's getting into a bidding war. Now, Ryan Pace isn't, and uh, Howie's smart, and I think he's trying to take advantage of a bad general manager, and we'll see if he can get it done. I saw something uh, put out there that the report from Ian Rappaport that you and I discussed, Ian's from the NFL Network, was a was a move, was like a move, a chess move for the Eagles to fake appear like that they're that they have more than they really do, um, if that makes sense. Can you can you talk to us about that? Yeah, no question. I mean, that's what you try to do. Uh, you know, one of the things I think that Jeffrey Lurie has insisted upon, and we talked about, you know, this dead money hit that the Eagles are going to incur, which is going to set the NFL record and actually shatter the NFL record. So in return, he doesn't want to give them away. He wants something of value in return. Now, we can talk about what value is. Ultimately, uh, look, I, 
you know, and I, I, you know, there's a lot of Eagles fans, and I said this yesterday on the show, are going to point to, well, this guy played like an MVP in 2017, and he did. And this guy was an effective starter even after that, uh, certainly at times, at least in 2018 and 2019. And certainly all of that is true, but you can't ignore 2020, and that's where we are. You can't ignore that he was benched for a rookie quarterback and not a top 10 rookie, a second round rookie. Um, so ultimately, and that's why I said most teams are not going to fight on that, but there are bad uh, organizations, bad teams, bad general managers who make bad decisions. And if you look at, and I'm going to pick on him a little bit, but if you look at Ryan Pace's history, uh, especially at the quarterback position, whether it's giving money to Mike Lennon, whether it's trading up from three to two to pick Mitchell Trubisky, forget about how bad the player is, but to trade up one spot when you don't even have to, which is essentially what he did, because San Francisco wasn't going to take Trubisky at that time. Uh, astonishingly poor move, only made worse by the fact he turned out to be a, a really, really bad player. Uh, and then Nick Foles, obviously, um, he didn't do much and, and actually lost his job to Mitchell Trubisky, so that tells you. Uh, in other words, he hadn't been good at, at the quarterback position. And on the other hand, if you look at that Chicago defense over the years, uh, going back to, to Vic Fangio before he left and when they made the trade for Khalil Mack, it's been one of the best defenses, and you can argue – if they could fix the quarterback, at least get competency at the quarterback position, they would be a, a contender. And I think that's how Ryan Pace is is looking at this. And how do you get a quarterback um, if you're not going to get a veteran quarterback? So he seems to be the one guy the Eagles are focusing in on and trying to, lack of a better term, fool. Because think of it this way, Ryan. If you can get even a first-round pick for Carson Wentz and, and he's got that kind of value, why would you want to trade him? Now, they're talking about two first-round picks and a player. Now, they're trying to snow this guy. I find it hard to believe he's going to do that, but we'll see. I know Chris Ballard's not going to do it. I know that guy's not going to do it because he's one of the best GMs in this league. So, you know, people, I, I think what the Eagles are trying to do here is what everybody else and, and all the fans and everybody is speculating about. Well, Frank's in, in Indianapolis, and Press, he's going to hire Press Taylor um, and have this relationship with Carson, and they really want Carson, and they're a quarterback away from being a contender. And they're taking that to Chicago and trying to snow Ryan Pace. That's what I think is going on here. John, what do you what do you mean when you say why would you want to trade him? Like j just because of the well, first round pick. That, if you're that valuable, and other teams look at you and say you're that valuable, why wouldn't you do everything in your in in, in possibility? Say okay, you know that means people outside this organization think whatever excuse you want to make for Carson's poor 2020 season, poor coaching, um, injury, concussion, whatever, they think he, he's worth two first-round picks. 
Well, uh, you got to start thinking, what are, me, what are we missing? Uh, you're willing to trade a guy with that value. Yeah, see, uh, I, I, I disagree know. with that because it, let him think that. Like, like you, you should know better than anyone else. You've been dealing with him firsthand. You feel like his attitude, his play on the field, what, whatever it is, even things that we probably aren't uh, privy to, to know, you, you're saying, all right, you know what? Let, let's get him out. So if they want to overpay uh, because you don't feel like he's worth that and you're getting that, like, then then do it. Like, I, I wouldn't want a GM to not make a trade because of the offer that oh, no, they're getting. No. Yeah. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying, right? Okay. Well, I think. I said, you know, they're trying to – I don't believe Carson Wentz is, is worth two first-round picks. The Eagles know he's not worth two first-round picks. That's my point. They're trying to snow the other guy. And if he can pull this off, uh, like I said, 2020 executive of the year, uh, I mean, 20, 2020 film exists. Yeah, yeah, I constantly, I get bombarded on Twitter every day. Well, Carson played well in 2017. He was an MVP. Uh, that's his ceiling as a player. Look, uh, this league moves fast. All you have to do is, look, we just talked about it yesterday. Three-year anniversary. Where are the Eagles three years later? 2017 does not matter. And Ryan Pace doesn't seem to understand that, at least if you believe. And, and Chicago fans are losing their minds. And by the way, I hope, you know, for their sake, I hope this is wrong. Because you can't give up that kind of haul for Carson Wentz. You just can't. So the Chicago Bears are interesting, you know, as you've just kind of detailed with Nick Foles. Like, what – if there's a player involved, I don't imagine that the player is going to be of any significance, but does it depend on the deal? Like, what type of player do you think the Eagles could get in return uh, in a deal with Carson? Uh, nothing. I, I, I mean, nothing significant. Um, you would think you would, you know, they, they have so many holes. Um, but you're more talking about the game you're playing and trying to get uh, this extraordinary value for this uh, deficient asset or whatever term you want to use for it. So, look, I, again, you know, when we speculate about this kind of stuff and we in the media, you know, I always put – I mentioned that yesterday when I said they're not going to be able to get first-round pick. I put that caveat on it. There's There's – there's bad general manners, general managers. There's people that make bad decisions in this league. We've seen it for, you know, the, the history of time. I mean, there are just teams that make and organizations that make bad decisions. So to me, it's about that. It's about convincing um, the general manager. And, and again, I said at the start of this conversation, I'm going to pick on this guy a little bit. And they have – they have identified what they think is the weak one in the herd. That's how I would describe it. So when you talk about what type of player, well, from Chris Ballard, nothing. From Ryan Pace, or even I'll add in, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, maybe something. So it, that is the bigger part of this than 
than identifying a, a specific player because you're not going to get anything from Indianapolis. What type of pick for this year's draft do you think that would be involved? I imagine the first round pick won't be for uh, a year or two at least, right? Uh, no, I think they're trying to get a first round pick for this year. Um, and, and again, same theme. Um, <laughs> should you? I don't know how you give up the first round pick for that quarterback I watched last year. I, I, I don't know how, how other way to put it. I don't know how you do that. Um, but again, hubris is real in this league. And you know, Ryan, people think they can solve it. Oh, well, that's bad coaching, as I said. That's bad offense. That's bad skill position play. Run down the litany of excuses. Well, we have this. We have that. We can salvage this guy. That's what you're seeing in play here. That's what you're seeing in play for anyone that um, that wants Carson Wentz. I mean, you're looking at Bears fans, as I said. I'll use them because they're kind of losing. You know, they're getting very nervous. And, you know, their question is, is this an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky? That's where we are. That's where we are right now. Um, and you can make an argument, and I can't believe I'm making this argument, but here it is. You can make an argument that Mitchell Trubisky was better than Carson Wentz last year. That's how bad it got. Oh, I'm I'm completely on board with you there. And, um, yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about it all year long. I, I would agree. I mean, Carson was potentially the worst starting quarterback in the NFL I mean numbers wise you can make the case but you know and then it just comes to personal preference and opinion but yeah I think that's very fair all right I have to ask you this Nick Foles <laughs> what's what's up with uh what's up with Nick uh, I I you know I I mean maybe if you want him to kiss babies and open supermarkets <laughs> but to play quarterback <laughs> no no uh I can't imagine. Uh, you know, this is not an organization that needs help when it comes to, and nobody sells tickets anymore, but if we ever get back to normal, um, they don't need help. There are certain organizations that need help in that type of realm, uh, and maybe you look at it from a business perspective. But, no, this this will be Jalen Hurts' team. And if they don't believe in Jalen Hurts, they might consider taking a quarterback at number six overall uh, and getting um, the future moving that way. But remember, um, Jeffrey Lurie said the word transition a hundred times. Uh, this is a transition phase with a young coaching staff. The last thing they want is a broken down uh, veteran quarterback who, in case you haven't noticed, um, he did play in Jacksonville and he was a disaster. And he did play in Chicago and he wasn't much better. So, I mean, people just got to give that up. Talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen, PhillyVoice.com, and SI.com for all of his written work. All right, and, and we're going to get more into this if and when Carson Wentz is officially traded. But I brought this up the other night, too. Are, are we going to look at everything that has transpired with the firing of Doug to the hiring of Sirianni and that entire new staff 
with a little bit more of a scratching the side of our head type of view, like, well, you traded Carson, could have, could things have been different? No, because I, I think Carson wanted out of the organization. Uh, so I think at at the first, I think we had phases of this, and and then, um, you know, I talked about Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, have an scapegoating problem, and it goes back long before this year. Um, whether it was Mike Grow uh, or it was going to be Press Taylor uh, this time, and then it ended up being Doug and Press. Um, it, it, you know, that's just what he's turned into as an owner. Um, as far as the second phase, then I think they went forward and, and started you know, having those conversations with Carson, and it became clear that, you know, he was upset about far more uh, than Doug Peterson, um, and he just wanted out of this organization, which I mentioned, you know, I started mentioning probably a couple weeks ago on here. Um, and, and that's where we are. I mean, <laughs> trust me on this. The Eagles don't want to swallow $33.8 million in dead money. They they don't. This has gotten to the point where they know the guy doesn't want to be here, um, and it's gotten to the point where um, there's no even questioning about rebooting or rebuilding or reclamation projects. He's got no interest in that. So you you start from an organizational standpoint. As I said, first thing Howie Roseman had to do was figure out if Jeffrey Lurie would allow him to to take on that dead money hit. And once he got over that hurdle, then it became easier to trade him because the contract for the team that acquires him is not awful. It's not great, but it's not awful because so much of the guaranteed money has already been paid for by the Eagles. Uh, so you're talking about 23 to $25 million a year, which is a going rate for a veteran quarterback in this league. In fact, it's even a bit of a bargain if he plays well. The problem comes with, again, that 2020 film. <laughs> and unless you can erase it, um, smart teams are going to realize there's a lot of issues with this quarterback, and that's why you're looking for that, that weak weak. Uh, GM and the herd, so to speak. All right, John, we have about 10 minutes left. And before I transition to a couple other topics regarding the game on Sunday, is there anything else that we should touch on Eagles and or Carson Wentz related? No, I mean, it's all Carson Wentz until it's not all Carson Wentz. And then I think you get into the secondary options. And, you know, as we get closer to the league year, the Eagles have already restructured. Uh, certain players also have Jeffrey Malik Jackson with the intent on, on releasing them to make things a little bit easier. Uh, and then the next big decision is probably Zach Ertz, who's likely to move on as well. So there's going to be plenty of other stuff, but until you get, we've said it from the start, until you make the decision on Carson Wentz, they've made that decision. They're going to do everything possible to, to get him in a different city and it looks like that's going to happen probably next week. All right, so let's uh, 
Let's wrap up our last few minutes, uh, still about 10 minutes of the conversation, talking about the game. And before I get your thoughts, predictions, and uh, I'll get your, your picks on some of these prop bets as well, player props at least, I just saw this report. Uh, Britt Reed, Andy Reed's son, who is on the Kansas City's coaching staff, he's uh, the assistant linebackers coach. He was involved in a multi-vehicle crash last night that injured two young children and uh they're trying to figure out if like foul play or if he was under the influence at all he did tell the the cops that he had a few drinks and they said he he and the vehicle reeked of alcohol and that's a shame given you know his history as well so your thoughts on that story yeah and it is a shame and obviously it's much bigger than football and and one of the kids you mentioned is uh life-threatening injuries so uh obviously he's not going to travel for the game um and andy reed and the chiefs have to move on uh and that you would think it's got to be very difficult for andy he's been through this before as you mentioned with garrett and Britt on the same day and obviously um you know Garrett uh, overdosed eventually at Lehigh. So, I mean, these troubles have been going on for a long time uh, with with the Reed family, and I, I I've often pointed to that day, uh, and they both got in trouble that same day, as really the start of the downfall with Andy Reed and the Philadelphia Eagles, and you just hope. It's not history repeating itself in Kansas City, but, you know, anytime you have family issues and it's difficult and this is the worst possible timing, but it's it's even, you know, silly to say that because you have a, a four or five-year-old kid who's, you know, life-threatening situation because getting behind the wheel with alcohol and with the history of drugs, it's hard to imagine that, Andy will be able to continue to keep him on the staff there, but we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, it's just, it's horrible, like you said, in, in so many ways. And now we have a, a little child fighting for their lives. Um, the car broke down on the side of the road, the report was. And, uh, you know, clearly Britt Reed was just, uh, you know, going too fast, maybe under the influence from what it appears, and, and didn't see the car. Uh, so, terrible story. And, and like John said, it's, it, this is a terrible story no matter when it happens, but of course just hours really, days before kickoff for the Super Bowl game for Andy Reid. Um, it's tough. <laughs> I can't imagine what Andy has to deal with now leading up to the leading up to kickoff, John. Yeah, and, and you wonder because of all the uh, – this happened obviously in Kansas City uh, in a typical Super Bowl year. Everybody would be already in Tampa, uh, but, but because of COVID – um, uh, everybody, you know, is coming in late, and, and the teams, uh, obviously Tampa is in Tampa, but um, because of those COVID restrictions, everything has been changed, and, um, you know, the butterfly effect is, is tragic this time, and hopefully um, the child can make it. Yeah, let's hope, uh, and, and we'll stay updated on that story. But, all right, let's uh, let's transition now to the actual – stories and and our opinions and thoughts on what's going to take place on the field john and let's just get your thoughts to start off here now tampa bay the underdog playing in their home stadium and 
not the same impact as it would be for any other year and, and not that it would be 80,000 fans from Tampa but it would be a different dynamic for sure uh, given the circumstances of this year with the pandemic but your thoughts on how the game's going to play out the Chiefs not 100% with their offensive line. We know Tampa Bay's front seven and their defensive line, how dominant they've been at times throughout the year. Uh, so just get, walk us through, you know, how you see this playing out, John. Yeah, I, I've been on Tampa pretty early because of those offensive line problems. And, you know, Mike Remmers is going to be playing left tackle as expected. Eric Fisher tears his Achilles in um, the AFC championship game. And that's, you know, that to me is a lot like the Packers losing, losing uh, David Bakhtiari when they did to a torn ACL. And all of a sudden, you know, Bakhtiari is probably even better. But certainly Fisher uh, is their best offensive lineman. All of a sudden, you got to bring the right tackle over the left tackle. And to be honest, Remmers isn't that good at right tackle. So I think a lot. You know, our buddy Philly Godfather says every square in the world is picking Kansas City, uh, and that typically would have you looking at, at, at Tampa Bay. But I, I do think people are enamored by the superstars, and rightfully so. I mean, the Patrick Mahomes, the Tyree Kills, um, the Travis Kelseys, uh, those guys are unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I, I saw Pro Football Focus tweeted today, the top 20 players in the Super Bowl, they had rated 13 of them are on Tampa Bay. It's a deeper team, Tampa Bay I'm talking about. It's a more well-rounded team and are also really, really good at where you could take advantage of where the Chiefs are really, really bad, and that's those tackle positions with Jason Pierre-Paul and, and Shaq Barrett. And even Devin White is a blitzer. I like the matchup, man. I like I like Tampa Bay. And we're not even talking about the – we just mentioned the horrible situation going on with Andy Reid. That's got to have an effect as well. No, it's a good point. It, it has to have an effect. And, and Andy's been resilient and mentally tough, you know, throughout his career. So – but still, he's human. So I imagine that to, to have some type of role negatively – uh, for him personally, and that's certainly not a knock. All right, so the spread is three at FanDuel, three and a half uh, at BetMGM and Bet365. The total right now is at 55 and a half on FanDuel. And like you said, John, we have 60% of the bets taking the Chiefs with the spread, but you have the money going towards Tampa Bay, and that's the sharp uh, action like Philly Godfather. The total, though. Right, so give us like a ballpark score prediction for you uh, for this game. Well, I think it's going to be under. Uh, you know, typically when Super Bowl numbers, I, I forget the number, but I think it's 8 out of 10 or something like that when it gets up that high that the under wins. Also, it's supposed to be really bad weather-wise. Uh, rain, obviously, in Tampa, but we'll see. I haven't checked the weather you might have a more up-to-date forecast. I know a couple of days ago it was calling for significant rain, so I think that would affect things as well. And then just some of the things I talked about. I mean, people think Kansas City and they think high scoring, but, look, any quarterback in the world, if you get them off of spots, if you get them uncomfortable, uh, it's going to be really difficult, and I think that's what's going to happen to Patrick Mahomes. And then second, I think Todd Bowles is going to 
uh, learned from that first game when he played a lot of single high against Tyreek Hill, and he killed him. And you remember that first quarter. I forget how many yards he had. It was unbelievable. Uh, I think they're going to play a lot more uh, cover two to try to keep those big plays off the board. So I, I think it's going to be a, a little bit lower scoring than people assume uh, and probably, you know, a 24-20 type of game. All right, 24-20, John says, and just for the weather, uh, it says most of the potential rain is expected to fall early in the day Sunday, but there's still a chance of rain through the night. Radar shows strongest chance of rain as well as thunderstorms Sunday mid-afternoon prior to kickoff, but, you know, who knows? That could end up being a little bit later in the day, but thunderstorms and rain is expected on Sunday. It's just a matter of... Uh, will it last up until kickoff and into the game? Um, all right, John, just one or two player props here. We only have about a minute or two before I let you go. Tom Brady over under 296 and a half passing yards, and then Mahomes over under 327. Well, I think, I think I'm going under both. I'm going the opposite of Super Bowl 52 uh, when, when the Eagles and, and Patriots went up and down the field. I think it was 1,100 yards or, or something. Uh, as I mentioned, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than people expect. From, from the Chiefs' standpoint, because of that offensive line, I'd probably be sit, talking differently if Fisher was playing. I think that's how important he is to that line, which had so many issues on top of uh, of him before he got hurt, so it just it just magnifies everything to a significant degree. Uh, so I'm going under for both of those guys. All right, John says under for passing yards. Uh, we're up against it, man. Have a good show tomorrow on extending the play, and we'll catch you up Monday. All right, thanks, Ryan. Yep, there he is, Johnny Mack. All right, let's get into a break. Jeff Parles when we come back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. 
The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.